0: To Zion's in your heart The river runs beside the road Its waters living as they flow In liquid voice the water comes On thirsty knees a pilgrim falls There is a road Inside of you, inside me, there is one too. No stumbling, build in the dark. The road to Zion's in your heart. The road to Zion's in your heart. Sometimes a shadow, dark and cold. Lays like a mist across the road But be encouraged by the sight Where there's a shadow, there's a light There is a road inside of you Inside of me there is one too No stumbling from in the dark the road to Zion's in your heart. The road to Zion. But joy is not in where we've been. Joy is who's waiting at the end. There is a road inside of you. Inside of me, there is one too. Not stumbling. to Zion's in your heart. The road to Zion's in your heart. The road to Zion.
1: Right, welcome to the Pathfinder Radio Show. This is your host, Benjamin Raven Presley. And, uh, it's good to have you on the show and call me Raven and I consider you all to be my friends. I'm excited about tonight's show. And I've got a little feedback problem here. Give me one second. All right. Maybe that's a little bit better. Hope so. So much for technical difficulties. Still working out this software. Getting better at it, though. I am excited about tonight's show, though. Tonight we start a series on grace. What is grace? Oh, I'm glad you asked. It's probably one of the most misunderstood, wrongly taught doctrines, or as I like to say, living concepts there is. It's a word thrown around by preachers and amen by congregations that really don't have a clue what it means. It's been used as a coverall for sinful living, saying, well, I'm covered by grace. And, or the subject is often avoided for fear that the preacher may lose control of his congregation because the people will be free and will, of course, go wild, right? Oy, well, there's a lot of crazy assumptions and fears, right? And this all could be avoided if only grace were taught right. Well, the next few weeks, that's what I'm going to do here on Pathfinder Radio. You don't want to miss a single broadcast, I'm telling you. If you truly want to be free, pay attention. You will be glad you did. If you do miss a broadcast, though, you can listen to the recorded archive. All links will be posted on my website at wayoftheraven.net. Just click the button there for Pathfinder Radio. I also have an embedded player there, and you can listen to old archives, and you can also uh, go to our blog also that has uh, printed versions of all our discussions Someone has said grace is God's riches at Christ's expense. G-R-A-C-E, God's riches at Christ's expense. That's pretty accurate. Living by grace is living out the fact that it is all about Jesus and what he accomplished. It's about resting in who he is and not trying to reinvent the wheel, so to speak. It's about living out what he accomplished. It's about stop trying to do it yourself. It's about living out the fact that what Christ accomplished was good enough. We're not adding to or taking away from it. It's realizing we cannot be good enough, but he is, and that's good enough for us all. I can't wait to teach this. But first of all, let me remind everyone that this is a broadcast using the MIXLR platform, and I encourage all listeners to download the Mixler app so you will be able to interact with us via live chat. And I also, invite you to visit my website at wayoftheraven.net. Easy to remember wayoftheraven.net. There are many great resources there books to order, free sound bites, teaching to listen to or download, original stories I've written and recorded, crafts I've made for sale, and more. And I also have a love for the outdoors and survival skills, and you'll see books and resources on that subject also available. That's wayoftheraven.net. Pathfinder Radio is a show where we tackle spiritual subjects of all kinds. If you have questions of any kind on any particular subject, I'm glad to talk with you about it. We are all on a spiritual path one way or another, and I know everything in this world tries to say different, like only what you can see and touch is real. But the fact is, we are physical, social, mental, and spiritual beings. This program and its resources are here to help you find the right path to follow and to walk it every day in a realistic way. Things are more spiritually driven than you may realize, and there are so many misleading spiritual gurus out there, so mainly we're going to focus on understanding true spirituality. I do want to remind everyone listening that if you have any questions or comments, please share them in the chat box on your screen, or you can email me at raven at If I don't respond right away, be assured I will address them before the show's over or by email. Really, you can ask anything you want. I'm not afraid to answer any tough question as long as you're sincere and you're not just wanting to argue. I want to give a short shout out to uh, to my friend uh, Jokus Bosorelli, and I'll be mentioning he has, also has a uh, radio show on the Mixler platform, and uh, his show is called Spiritual Minds. So look it up on uh, m i x l r dot com. And you know tonight I also want to t- recognize a special friend of mine. He doesn't look like he's on here, but hopefully he's listening. Uh, his name is Justin Ray Harvey. I got to tell you about this guy. He's born with cerebral palsy, and he gets around with a wheelchair. His vision's not too good, and when he was born, the doctors advised his mother to put him in an institution because he would never be able to do anything on his own. Well, he tells me his mother had a few choice words to say about that. She believed in him, and now he's doing one of the most popular radio shows on the internet. He loves martial arts and wrestling and has interviewed some of the most well-known names in that industry. He even wrestled another paraplegic in the ring, and he won. Now, get this, folks. Because he's done so much from martial arts, he's, doing, he's being inducted into the Martial Arts Hall of Fame. Is that awesome or what? People like Justin are a living testament to what a person can accomplish if they set their minds to it. He's an inspiration to me and one of the people that inspired me to start a radio show on my own, him and uh, my friend Yoko's Bozzarelli. Those two together just about convinced me when I seen them the, what they were doing and accomplishing. He's considering doing also some motivational speaking at schools and such, and I just think it's awesome. So y'all keep him in his prayer in our in your prayers and be sure to listen to his show. He's on Spreaker.com. That's S-P-R-E-A-K-E-R. Spreaker.com. Just look for the Justin Harvey show. Well, we're going to take a break right here before we get into our main discussion and listen to this great song by Keith Green. Keith Green was a Bible teacher and musical artist in the seventies. It was another one of those pioneers of contemporary Christian music. God really used this young man's ministry to set me free from the path of religious legalism I was on. When I got saved in 1975, I felt so unfettered, so free. But the more I tried to follow all the rules of a particular church I was associated with at the time, I started feeling under bondage. i got to be honest with you. I remember saying I felt more free as a sinner than I did trying to live up to their standard, and that's just what it was. It was their standard. I can look back now and realize that what they expected of people was not scriptural and was only meant to control people and to keep them down. It's very sad when, when a so-called uh, institution calls himself the church would do that. Well, my conversion experience with God was too real. And through prayer and study on my own and the freeing words of this man, Keith Green, I began a path that has kept me walking in the true spirit of God to this day. That was 1975 long time ago to many of you, but I can tell you, God has never failed me yet, and he continues to be my pathfinder. So let's listen to a song by Keith Green that goes right along with this discussion, and the title of this song is called Grace by Which I Stand. That is so true, and I think as we move along in this discussion, you'll understand what is meant by the grace in which we stand. Are you ready? I've already started this topic when I said grace was God's riches at Christ's expense and how grace was resting in what was accomplished by Jesus Christ. So let's dig into more detail now. If we truly live in grace, our yoke is easy and our burden is light, Matthew 11:30 says. And that was Jesus' words. But how is this possible? I mean, life's not easy or light. It often seems to be a taskmaster placing a yoke of cruel servitude on our necks. Yet Jesus says in Matthew 11:29 through 30 Take my yoke upon you. Learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and ye shall find rest unto your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. Rest, easy, light? This seems like a contradiction, almost a mockery when we look at life and its reality. But to understand this truth, we must consider the example Jesus is giving. We don't plow with oxen anymore, at least I don't know anybody that does, so we have to look back at Jesus' time to understand. When the young ox was being trained, it was yoked with an older, experienced ox. They were taken out to the field to plow. The young ox would fight the yoke and the commands of the master. The old ox did not fight. Before long, the young ox would stop fighting, and as he realized the less he fought, the easier it was. Furthermore, as he calmed himself, he realized the majority of the work and load was being carried and done by the old ox anyway. Then suddenly the yoke became easy and the burden light. We're like that. Young oxen, when we fight, when we try to do things our own way, it's only when we stop fighting that we realize that Christ is like that older ox. He's actually carrying the load. When we yield to him, we begin to experience grace. And life's yoke will become easy and life's burden will become light. He's the master ox. Stop fighting. Stop trying to do things your own way. Just walk with him for his yoke is easy and his burden is light. We make life tougher on ourselves than it needs to be. Sure, life is tough sometimes, but we're not supposed to even carry our burdens and care. We're supposed to cast our cares upon him. I mean, I try to explain it this way. You know, a lot of people have a, a problem with the term obedience these days. They, like nobody obeys nobody these days, right? And but you know, because we don't have a king and all this stuff, and we ain't bowing to no king, and lots of different things. But you know, God was our designer, and he he wrote the book on what makes us run best. If he designed us, he knows what it takes to make us run properly. You know, we don't have a problem when we when we look at some uh, instructions, for example, to say to put get our bicycle. If it says thou shalt put, put bolt A in hole B, then, you know, we say, well, he's a designer. He ought to know. You know, we go trying to put the wrong bolt in the wrong hole and things go wrong, you know, and that's the same way with us. You know, God's obedience to God shouldn't be burdensome. He's just our creator that loves us so much. He's our designer. He knows what it takes to run this human thing and, and, and live in this life that he's created properly. Only he does. You know, so look at it that way next time you read something about obeying. Do it his way because he's just instructing you on what's best. In this study, I want to help you understand what it really means to live by grace. But I've got to be honest with you. Only God by his spirit can really help you comprehend this, and it's so with all truths. So just steel yourself, pray for understanding, and revelation is only he can do, and let God use the words he's given to me for you. We're going to take a little break right here and listen to this message and another song by a group that I love. They're probably not too well known, but they have been a blessing to me ever since I saw them at a Christian coffee house a long time ago. The group is Echoing Angels, and the song is called Coming Back to Life. This is one of those songs that were very special to me that God used during a difficult time in my life to literally bring me back to life. can be a confusing world out there with many spiritual paths that just lead to confusion and destruction. It's my desire to help you on your spiritual path and make sense of it all. That's why I have written two books I think you will enjoy and find very useful as you seek to understand the Bible and what it means to walk in the Spirit. The first one is Things I Wish Someone Would Have Told Me When I Became a Christian. That's a long title I know, but it isn't just a catchy title. That's what this book is literally about. I've been a believer since 1975 and this book is about things I had learned the hard way. The basic things you need to understand as a believer in Christ. What really matters? It's an easy read and it's available as a Kindle download for only $2 or in paperback for $7.95. The sister book that gets much more in depth on many subjects is Are We Making This Too Hard? This is a 400 page book that is full of lessons I've taught through the years. It explains subjects like relationships, grace, intelligent design versus evolution, why the Bible is true and so much more. Both of these books are available on my website at wayoftheraven.net. My goal in life is to make the Bible and walking with God understandable and relevant. And I know you will benefit from these two books. And also be sure and catch my radio show, Pathfinder Radio, every Tuesday night at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Thank you.
0: First time I have seen you through these eyes. Everything I used to be that lived inside of me is gone. For the last time, I remember everything I've done, but you forgive it, each and every one. Now I'm coming back to life I'm living inside All of my fears are far behind And I'm coming back to life I found what I need And it's you I know it's you Brings me back to life Just for a sight Hoping I could find Someone Who could change a heart like mine I read the stories of your life The miracles and signs You turned my water into wine It's so much easier Knowing you are here and all the doubts and wants seem to disappear. Now we're coming back.
1: Alright, we're back. We're continuing our discussion on grace. In order for you to understand what grace is and how important it is, we need to go way back in time to the first sin ever committed. Sin came into the world by one man, Adam. We were put back in right standing with God through one man, Jesus. By one man, sin entered into the world, and by one man, we are redeemed. Now, how is this possible? Well, Adam was the first man. In his loins were all mankind, therefore sin was passed down to every child of Adam, and that includes you, me, and all humankind. When Jesus came on the scene sinless, born of a virgin, not of sinful flesh, though he was born of a woman, he was born without the curse of sin upon him. Our sins and the judgment we deserved was placed upon Jesus on the cross. He was the only one that could do this. God basically satisfied his judgment, by doing it himself, by sacrificing himself. Because the Bible says the wages of sin is death, Romans six twenty three. So sin had to be judged. But when Jesus died on the cross, he paid it all in full. Every sin of every man, woman, and child paid in full. Think about that. He was more than a man. He was the son of God. None of us deserve mercy or love, but God is love, according to First John 4, 8. And he could not help but love the most wicked among us. The entire weight of all the sins that were ever committed and ever would be committed were laid upon his shoulders at that moment. His blood was sufficient to take care of all the sins of the world. There was no need to sacrifice animals anymore. Even the law was fulfilled. No need to crucify Jesus afresh. Once was enough. And it didn't end there. They crucified him and they put him in a tomb and he even conquered death. He rose on the third day. Comprehend the greatness of this truth. We just celebrated Resurrection Day, as some call it Easter, this past Sunday. Think about the greatness of this. Meditate on it. Get it in your head. Get it in your spirit. Ask God to help you understand it on some level that's just beyond words. It's not just a story. He did it for you, and he did it for me. Romans 5 ends with these two verses in verse 20. Moreover, the law entered that the offense might abound, but where sin abounded, grace did much more abound. That as sin hath reigned unto death, even so might grace reign through righteousness unto eternal life by Jesus Christ our Lord. So what did the law accomplish? It pointed out our sins. It made it clear without a doubt what we were guilty of. It was supposed to point us to God and cause us to realize we cannot live up to the holy standard of a holy God, so we would cry out to God. Some people got it, but some used it to their advantage to rule the people and add so many laws that it made it impossible to live. People in power like the Pharisees and later the Dark Ages Catholic Church loved it, as long as you were the one ruling life was good. But here comes Jesus, and he broke the mold. He did unlawful things like healing a man on the Sabbath, Matthew 12. That was working on the Sabbath. It didn't matter that he did good on the Sabbath. No, he had got it, the law had got so bad until a point that you weren't even allowed to even look in a mirror on the Sabbath because you might see a gray hair pluck it out, and that would be considered work. If you dragged a chair across a dirt floor, which most of the houses had dirt floors in, it was considered plowing. All this twisted from one of the Ten Commandments to honor the Sabbath day and to keep it holy. This is just one example. There were so many laws added to the original law, no one could live up to them. Jesus was constantly trying to get people to live up to the spirit of the law. The spirit of the law in this example was explained when he said the Sabbath was created for man, not man for the Sabbath. That's Jesus' words, Mark 2.27. Jesus was the Lord of the Sabbath. Matthew 12.8 tells us that. He told them that it was the letter of the law that killed. The law was never meant to condemn a man or control a man. You can live up to laws, church teachings, whatever, and still be eat up inside where it counts. He told the Pharisees, you look good on the outside, but on the inside you're just dried up dead men's bones. Matthew twenty-three twenty-seven. This is legalism. All legalism does is create hypocrites. In fact, it insists on it. Legalism is silently screaming out that as long as you look good and don't get caught, then it's okay. This kind of living is just a lie. Any religion caught up in this kind of living is only fooling itself because the world sees right through it and often causes all us christians to be labeled a bunch of phonies. Well the second part of Romans 5:20 is often misunderstood. It says but where sin abounded grace did much more abound. Some thinks that that means that they can live any way they want saying grace covers all their sins. But that's not of grace and it's not what this verse teaches. Romans 6:1 through 2 deals with this right off. It says, "What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound?" God forbid. How shall we that are dead to sin live any longer therein? He that knows to do good and does not do it, it's a sin, James 4.17 says. So once you have been saved and you know the truth, you're not sinning in ignorance any longer. You know better. Verse 2 makes it plain. How can we who died to sin live any longer therein? Can a dead man sin? No, he's dead. Have you accepted Christ as your Savior? Then you must live like you're dead to your old self, to your old nature. I think some ministers are so quick to get another number on the monthly report that people come into the altar that they don't genuinely get saved sometimes. you know, Because if you're truly saved, then your nature changes. Your desire to sin changes. Did you not think there was a difference that, that the prodigal son, do you not think he knew a difference between eating the, the husk of the hogs and the, where the hogs were wallowing in the mud and being in his father's house? He knew the difference. Your desires change. You know that you're born again. If you're not sure, then it's okay. That's okay to go to God and be honest with that and, and say, God, make me sure of it. Because you know, it's even written over in the book of John that these words were written so that you might be assured and know that you have eternal life. There's a great man, Charles G. Finney. He was in, lived in the 19th century. He was a preacher that wouldn't even let people come to the altar on the first night. No matter how much they cried. He said, if you want it, you will be here tomorrow night. And then that they would come and mean it. He wanted them hungry. He wanted it to be real. Even then, they weren't just prayed for at altar. They were taken in a back or take, they were taken in a back room, and they talked and they prayed and explained things to them so they knew what it truly meant to be saved. They prayed them through if it took all night. They didn't just rush them through a sinner's prayer and get their name on a church roll. You know, Finney is credited with inventing the altar call. He had so many people crying out. He had to have a way to separate out the inquirers, as he called them. He didn't call it an altar call. He called it an inquirer's meeting. Some people come and have a good cry and cry away the conviction at the altar and go right back to living evil the next day. No, my friend, if you come to Christ just as you are, but you are not saved just by praying the famous sinner's prayer, you're saved if you pray it with all your heart, broken and repentant of your sins. You die to your old self when you get saved. Then you're nailing that old man to the cross and you should leave him there to die. You know, I I think a lot of times that we're getting this attitude in some churches that it's like fast food service, you know, going through the drive through window. I'm in a hurry, God. I'm okay to say this prayer, and then you're saved. But then, you know, they don't change. You know, I mean, there's something wrong with that picture. It's not the words that come from your mouth anyway. You know, God looks on the heart. Man looks on the outward appearance. You know, and I've, I've had people, heard people at the altar that were working with people at the altar before tell them, you know, well, you said the sinner's prayer, you're saved. And, you know, and they didn't ever change. You know, but you need to realize it's not the words that say you. It's what comes from your heart. If you're genuinely called up there to the altar, you feel that tugging at your heart. Maybe you feel it right now even while I'm talking. You don't even have to go to an altar. Wherever you're at, you can just cry out to him. If you're feeling that tugging at your heart, then just repent of those sins because we're all sinners. It doesn't mean you're worse than me to remit your sinner. We're all sinners. We all fall short of the glory of God. You know, so it's okay to cry out to God. And just, God is able to take you from wherever you are to wherever you need to be. And all Christians are not going to look alike. We all have a journey to be on. So sometimes it takes one Christian longer to get from point A to point B. You know, but we got to help one another along, disciple one another. That's what a church is supposed to be about. When you go to a church, it's supposed to be about helping one another, bearing one another's burdens. You know, that's what it's really supposed to be about. So we're going to get more into that in a minute. Let's take a break and listen to another of my favorite songs by the same group we heard a while ago called Echoing Angels. And uh, I think you'll love this song. It's called You Alone Are God.
0: I'm desperately wanting To just find a way I'm searching and seeking For someone to say That it's alright And it's okay Like I know you care That it's alright And it's okay Like I know you can I remember her, To a place I feel safe
1: for an exciting fantasy fiction adventure that is both family-friendly, action-packed, and inspiring? If so, then the Raven Quest series by Benjamin Raven Presley is for you. Terazim is a world of many creatures, but it has a shadow of evil reign upon it by Shinar and his death furies. Skies and Raven are simple folk living off the land, content with their simple existence until one day they find a sword in a cave that empowers them and changes everything. They travel with wolves and even a bobcat as companions and become a force to be reckoned with and become the heroes of Terazim. Travel with them on their adventures as you read Ravenquest. Raven Quest is up to three volumes with Volume 4 coming out June 2015. For a limited time, purchase all three volumes for only $25. Order your copies today at wayoftheraven.net. That's wayoftheraven.net. All right, we are back, and we're really we're going to really get into this thing right now. I, I hope you loved that commercial about uh, Raven Quest. Uh, if you haven't had a chance, if you like fantasy fiction, I think you'll really like that. It's clean enough for your kids to read, too, and... And you can read it to them. Uh, we're, uh, I'm going to be releasing book four in June and book five in December. So it's an ongoing series. Believe it or not, I'm already writing book six. But anyway, just want to throw that out there. But um, let's talk about this some more. When you get saved, the Bible says you are in Christ. Now, you know, a lot of people, that's another one of those things that people like, amen, amen. And they have no idea what it's talking about. Well, let's th- think about what it really means. It means you enter into his death. Oh, that's good news. Ah, oh, but it also means you enter into his resurrection. So in other words, you're entering into his righteousness. You are in him. So many often go around saying they're in Christ and they have no idea what it means. And others, amen, not wanting to admit they don't know what it means. And But we want to enter into his righteousness, but we don't want to enter into his death. But of course, this doesn't mean uh, our, our physical death. It's talking about... Uh, it's talking about when we enter into his righteousness, we don't physically die. We die to our old nature. Our old man has no power over us anymore. In other words, he's dead. You know, read what this means in Romans 6, 3. It says, Know ye not that so many of us, as were baptized into Jesus Christ, were baptized into his death? Baptism in water, you know, it's real important. It's a testimony to all that you go under the water. You die, and when you're raised up, you're a new creation in Christ. But that's not what this is talking about. It's not talking about baptism in water. The baptism in water, the physical act of it's not what does it. The baptism, spiritually speaking, into his death does. But we aren't left there, are we? I mean, if we are now in Christ, we are also raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father. We are new creations in Christ. You are a new creation in Christ. Old things have passed away, and all things have become new. There used to be a singer uh, named Carmen. I, you know, I don't know if he's. I don't think he's even singing anymore. But he used to. He's had a real good saying at his concerts. He would say, "Any time the devil brings up your past, just remind him of his future, because <laughs> Satan is going to be in hell with all of his angels and all those who followed him." But if you're a new creation in Christ. Old things have passed away. All things have become new. That's Second Corinthians five seventeen That's to what the word says. I love it how Paul puts it and how he how he describes it in these words in Romans six five. If you have, if you haven't got a Bible, you can go to BibleGateway.com. dot com. You know you can look up scriptures if you want. You know or you can look up the study later uh, in a printed form over on my blog. But let's look at Romans six five. He says we are planted together in the likeness of his death. Then we shall also be in the likeness of his resurrection. I love if something's buried. It's forgotten about. It's put away forever. If something's planted, though, like a seed, it's still put under the dirt, but with expectation. Hallelujah. When a seed is planted, it germinates. You know, that's the scientific words for it dies. But it doesn't just die. It undergoes a transformation. Within it, life is brought forth. It doesn't come as a, as a, up as a seed anymore. It bursts forth and is something that does not even resemble the seed that was planted. An apple seed doesn't look like an apple doesn't an apple seed doesn't look like an apple tree. An acorn doesn't resemble a mighty oak. It's a new creation. Not only that, it comes forth in abundance with enough to feed others and still reproduce more of its kind. And here it is in this scripture it says we are planted. Hallelujah. So we're supposed to come up transformed. We're supposed to come up different. We're also supposed to come forth in abundance with enough to feed others, spiritually speaking, and to reproduce of our kind, because now as believers we want to reproduce more believers. Why is this important? Romans 6, verses 6 through 7 explains, so that the body of sin might be destroyed, that henceforth we should not serve sin, for he that is dead is freed from sin. Now, sin has no power over you any longer. You're free. Your identity's been changed. You have a new lease on life. You can be whomever you want to be. And he broke the power of sin, but he didn't break the practice of sin. That's up to you. You can go back to acting like that old person, that old man, that old nature if you want to, but, I mean, that wouldn't be too smart. You're a new creation. Not only that, you've been given power to be a son of God. It says in John 1.12, sin and the devil have no more power over you than you give them if you invite them back in then you give them power you know that that people need we need to realize that you know satan yeah he's he's tempting but his his only power he has over you is his deceit and his lies you know and and he, he'll use your friends he'll even use religious people and he'll try to tempt you to go back to your old ways or maybe even something worse you know there's even a you know a lot of people uh, uh maybe had alcoholics through for, for parents or grandparents that doesn't mean you have to be an alcoholic. You know, I know they try to say, oh, it's in your genes and all this stuff. No, it's not. The Bible says right here that you're, the power of Satan has been broken. You're, an old, you're a new man. Your old nature has been subdued. It's been killed. It's been crucified. Don't give that thing power over you. You know, it's good whenever something comes to you and you're, and you're wondering and you're, you're, you're fretting, you're fearful, or maybe you're tempted to go back to those old ways. You know, you need to just get the Bible out and say it out loud. Satan can't read your mind, by the way, you know, but you, so you say it out loud, you know, speak it so you can hear it, so the devil can hear it, so you can come in agreement with God's word and say, you know, that I've overcome, my old nature has passed away, I'm, I'm a new creation in Christ, say those kind of things out loud, greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world, and I guarantee you, when you start saying that and come in agreement with God's word, instead of that evil word that's trying to enter your mind, trying to tempt you away to something, stuff will start happening, he'll flee, the Bible says that, that if you submit yourself to God and you resist the devil, he must flee from you. You know what that means? That means he, he will run in terror, screaming like his hair is on fire away from you because you come in agreement with the word of God. But you got to think different. You have to look different. Your desires are changed. Don't look back. There's a story about Lot's wife looking back to whenever they were leaving Sodom and Gomorrah, and she turned to a pillar of salt. Jesus said that doesn't mean you're gonna to turn to a pillar of salt, but you know it, it just it makes a point though. She could, she really didn't want to leave. She liked that city. She had a name there. Jesus said, Don't look back or you're not fit for the kingdom of God. Luke nine sixty two. Wow, that's pretty harsh you know in, in some ways when you think about it, but he says if you look back you're not fit for the kingdom of God. Luke nine sixty two. But what he's saying is you're too good for that old life anymore. You're too good for it. I don't care how good it seemed. You were living in sin, and the wages of sin is death. Romans six twenty three. You know I love old uh, T D. Jakes. You know he he talks about. He says you know a lot of people talk about. Oh, I was God delivered me from drugs, and I was miserable and all that. He said I want not tell you. He said I was having a good time living in sin. But when the Lord showed me my sins, showed me I was a sinner, then man, them things looked dirty and sinful to me. And when it was revealed to me, I laid it down, and I hadn't turned back since. That's a good way to, good way to look at it. Don't look back. Romans chapter 6, verses 9 through 10 gives us another awesome benefit of salvation and being in Christ. It says, death hath no more dominion over him and death has no more dominion over us. You know, this is, this is awesome stuff because, you know, I mean, we, we, people, there's an old saying, you know, people, it's kind of funny that it says that, that people, everybody wants to go to heaven, but nobody wants to die to get there, you know, and, and that's kind of true, you know, but, but, what he's saying right here, I mean, he's basically saying, what one thing that you're gonna that that one thing that's gonna happen to you, is you don't have to fear death anymore, and that you know that's pretty awesome. You know, if we if we would come in agreement with that, because it it basically means you know it's like a baby being in, in the mother's womb. You know, that's its life inside there. I mean, it's got everything it needs. It's fed when it wants to be fed. It's floating around this nice warm walk fluid. You know, it's great. And then it goes almost through this death. It's going down that birth canal, and it's like, you know, it's probably like, what is going on? You know, and then it comes out into all these lights and all this noise that he's never seen before, and he starts crying and screaming, And but then eventually he wow, I just passed from one life into another. You know, that's the way heaven's going to be. I mean, as awful as death might be, however that a person goes, and we're all going to die and stand before God. You know, what he's saying here is, you know, that's what's going to happen. You're going to step from this life into the life in heaven. Praise God. That's awesome. So how do we access these things? Well, Romans 6:11 through 14 tells us, Reckon yourselves dead indeed unto sin, but alive unto God through Jesus Christ our Lord. Now, I'm, I'm a Southerner from North Carolina, you know, and us Southern folks like to say, I reckon, you know, that means, I guess so. Well, this isn't talking about that kind of reckon. This reckon goes deep. This reckon says it's done. This reckon decrees it so on authority of the word of God. Job 22:28 declares, thou shalt decree a thing and it shall be established unto thee and a light shall shine upon thy ways. This word deals with reality. You are reconciled. Jesus has balanced the books of your life. He not only paid all your debts to sin and judgment, but paid enough for all your debts in the future and for all mankind. When you reconcile your checkbook, you balance it. You come to the end of your calculations, and you come up with a number that says you have X amount of dollars in your bank account. So if you reconcile your checkbook, you get that word reckon, if you reckon that your bank book has $25 in it, it has $25 in it. This word. So this word says it is so. So I've got to accept it, so otherwise I'm deceiving myself. The word refers to fact, not supposition or opinion. Romans 6.14 is powerful. For sin shall have dominion over you no more. But only if we do as Romans 6.12-13 through 13 says, Let not sin therefore reign in your mortal body, that you should obey the lust thereof. Neither yield ye your members as members of unrighteousness unto sin." But yield yourselves unto God as those that are alive from the dead and your members as members of righteousness unto God. He doesn't take away your power of choice. You can still choose to do evil, and some do. But you're yielding to something that has no power over you if you do. So don't yield to it. Don't give in to its allure. Don't allow your members to be instruments of unrighteousness anymore. Flex your spiritual muscles because you've been transformed. Let's take a break and listen to another song before we conclude this broadcast. Stay tuned. We're not done yet. This song is called Can't Live a Day Without You. and It's by a band that I really love named Avalon.
0: Fill the longings of my heart, the healing warmth of someone's arms, and I could live without dreams and never know the thrill of what could be. With every star so and down the beach, I can live without and like a king
1: As we get back in our discussion, uh, if you have your Bible with you or if you want to read online, just go to my favorite Bible website, BibleGateway.com. I'm reading from Romans chapter 6, verses 15 through 23. And in these verses, he warns us again that because we are under grace, that that doesn't give us a license to sin. You're a servant of righteousness now, as it says in Romans 6, 20 through 23. It says, for when you were your servants of sin, you were free from righteousness. What fruit had ye in those things whereof ye are now ashamed? For the end of those things is death. But now being made free from sin and become servants to God, you have your fruit unto holiness and the end everlasting life. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. In other words, when you served sin, with, you were in, when you were living in sin, you did it with all your heart. And now you're saying, okay, now serve God with all your heart. And he includes a sober warning and reminds us, don't look back. Don't go back to that taskmaster you once served for his pay is death. Not just dying and going to the grave, a living death while here on earth. He's talking about while we're living, death in our relationships, death in our health and happiness, death in so many things. And then when we die, then we don't even have heaven to look forward because then we have an eternal death in hell. And the Bible calls that the second death. That's a death you don't want to die. You'd rather live eternally with Jesus Christ. Well, you've been given a gift, my friend. The gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. It's your choice. In the next few studies, we're going to look even deeper into what was accomplished at the cross and what it really means to walk in grace and freedom. So ponder deeply the truths that I've shared with you in this study. They are foundational truths that will help you understand what is coming. Be prepared for your thinking to be challenged. Be prepared to be free. And be sure and spread the word and tune in every Tuesday night at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time for the Pathfinder radio show. If you have any prayer requests, make them known in the chat box. My team and I will be praying sincerely for each and every request. Or if you wish, you can email your request to me at raven at net. If you want to donate to the expense of this radio show, you can send your gift by PayPal at that same email address. I'm not looking for donations, but I'll definitely put it toward equipment or whatever. You'll be blessed. Also available free of charge is the printed lesson from every show at pathfinderradio.blogspot.com. There will also be other resources made available there in the days ahead. And I'd like you to make you aware of another blog I do that has many valuable studies for free. It's called Raven Quest Bible Learning Community, all one word dot blogspot.com. If you forget all these resources, just visit my Wayne website at waytheraven.net. It's easy to remember, and you'll find links there to all my blogs and books and many other useful items to assist you in your spiritual journey. Next couple of weeks, as I said, I'll be talking about grace. We're just beginning to get into it, folks, and I'm telling you, tell your friends about this. Tell your preacher friends about it. Tell tell people that aren't even that don't even believe in Jesus Christ about it because this is some powerful stuff that's coming out. Grace is probably one of the most misunderstood doctrines or concepts around. It's taught wrong by Christian and non-Christian alike. Well, here at Pathfinder Radio, I'm going to bring clarity to the subject at last. Now, I'd also like to tell you about my friend Jokas again. He's off the. He was joining us in the friend chat there, but his Spiritual Mind Radio show is on Fridays at 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And If you subscribe to his show, he'll email you about other live broadcasts he does. I think he's actually on tonight at 10 p.m. It's been a great show, and be sure to spread the word and listen every Tuesday night at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. I'm going to play a couple more songs and bid you farewell till next time, and I will be online for a little while longer in case anyone has a question or comment on our chat line. And if you wish, you can also submit your questions at my email address at raven at wayoftheraven.net. This is Raven. God bless.
0: crushed by Satan's manifested scheme.
1: And you feel
0: the urge within you to submit to earthly fears. Don't let the faith you're standing in seem to do. We're children of the King So lift up the mighty shield of faith For the battle must be won We know that Jesus Christ is risen So the world